Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And two players acquired recently went very deep, very deep. And Iowa's pitching is become, starting pitching is becoming problematic. I will start with the down at the top of the scale. The I-Cubs starting rotation is not getting it done. For a while, I had been holding out that Adrian Sampson has been the best option in Iowa, and he still has been. He still has been. But really, Iowa's pitching has been rather bad. Rather bad, really bad, severely bad, however you want to put it. All of these apply. And Adrian Sampson last night was the person who got to swallow up innings. Adrian Sampson was that bad last night. He had, what was it, four pitches in, two balls, and two home runs against him. And I don't even remember what the final was. I'm going to be a little bit sloppy on final scores tonight. Uh, Today from last night. But it was very one-sided. I wasn't listening to the Iowa game because there was no compelling reason to. Because they were getting throttled. And the other games lined up conveniently so that I had something to listen to pretty much the entire night. Uh, there wasn't really a whole lot to listen to or brag about with the iCubs, so I'm not, I, I'm not going to spend any time there. Um, I'm going to get back to Tennessee a bit later. South Bend started the activity, and I already talked in the last podcast about how the continuation game went. And Iowa ended up winning that, or South Bend ended up winning that. In game two, Peoria got out to a lead. I think they, I think Peoria has scored the first run four times out of five. And Josue Uma hit a two-run homer. And South Bend led three to one early. And Peoria came back, tied the game, and then Andrew Canario hit one. They say that went 450. I think 450, 108 off the bat. And then Bryce Ball hit one that went almost as far. So um, Iowa, or no, South Bend. The South Bend offense did quite well there. And then they had um they made it five to three and then single, single, single in a later inning. South Bend ended up stretching it to ten to three and ended up winning ten to five as Burl Caraway walked some people. 
and then hit some people, and then Tanner Justin Dalton came in. He hit somebody and walked somebody, but it was 10 to 5 at the end. And it was much less bad for South Bend. Um, the Myrtle Beach game, it was 6 to nothing, partially on unearned runs, but most of it was singles. Um, I think only one of the first eight Myrtle Beach runs were earned. But it was more taking advantage of errors than being entirely gifted runs, which is parsing to an extent, but it was a lot, a lot of different people had decent offensive days. There were a lot of singles, a lot of hits, a nice offensive day for Myrtle Beach. And then toward the end, they had um, a couple of pe people who didn't pitch very well, and that ended up being like 10 to 6. Uh, no, 10 to, 10 to 7. That might have even been, yeah, I think that was even a save game. Um, it was a save situation, and then the reliever who was in the save situation um, had a rough outing, and someone else came in, and Myrtle Beach ended up winning 10 to 8. So the first six innings were fantastabula. The last three innings were less so, but it was really nice hearing Johendrick Penango, uh, Jordan Wogu, Ed Howard chipping in. Jordan Wogu belongs in South Bend. Jordan Wogu is now to that point where he probably um, has learned enough at South... Uh, Wogu know, has learned enough at Myrtle Beach that he probably belongs in South Bend. Um, arguably the high point for Myrtle Beach's offense the last... <sighs> Excuse me, three weeks or so. Um, so I've done the Iowa game, kind of. I did the South Bend game, the Myrtle Beach game. Those two games were somewhat similar, very similar. Um, build up huge lead, hang on tight as the bullpen tries to give the game away. Tennessee was scheduled to start at 6.30. In reality, they started at 10 o'clock Central, something like that. And because the rain delay had been three hours, they didn't used to have three-hour rain delays in the minor leagues. They just didn't. If it even looked like it was remotely going to be that, they'd pull the pin on it, say there's going to be a doubleheader the next day. Say there wasn't going to be a doubleheader the next day. They just weren't going to play the game. They didn't used to have three-hour rain delays. Now they do. I'm not sold that's a good thing. My opinion doesn't matter. But is again, a very lengthy rain delay. Finally, they started playing the game. And when they started playing the Tennessee game, it was running um, unopposed. So I figured that would be the a nice place to finish off. Both pitchers pitched, both starting pitchers pitched amazingly well. The starter for 
the Montgomery Biscuits retired the first 14 and then gave up a single, got an out, and was done after five. Fantastic outing. One batter from a perfect outing. Javier Assad pitched almost as well. He allowed base runners, but um, was... It, 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 the game was still tight. The game was still scoreless going to the bottom of the fifth. And Chase Strumpf made a two-base error to start the inning. And the next batter singled the runner to third, a sacrifice fly. I think there's another single, then a couple of outs. So it was one to nothing, and that's how it remained until the seventh inning. The game was announced to only be going seven innings because they decided they didn't need to play any more than they wanted to play a seven inning game, get the seven game seven inning game in, because after all they had a two and a half hour rain delay or whatever it was. So got to the seventh and Nelson Maldonado was retired leading the inning off. Then there was a walk, another out, and a single. So two on, two out, one to nothing. And who was the hitter? Hitter was somebody down toward the bottom of the order. Was it Tyler Payne? Little ground ball to shortstop, five and a half hole. Five and a half hole between the third baseman and the shortstop. The shortstop is uh, the shortstop at the time was a person who is the fill-in shortstop because the starting shortstop had been hit in the helmet. And shortstop said, I'm good to play, I'm good to play. And the um, Biscuits people said, no, I don't care. You got hit in the head, you're not playing. And uh, Grounder, the shortstop, dove, kept the ball on the infield, and basically froze. And the runner on second, Jared Young, just kept going. Just kept going. The shortstop hesitated, threw to the plate. Ball probably got there a little bit before the runner did. But Young slid in safely to tie the game. And send a text. Well, it, that didn't send a text for innings. Um, Ryan Kellogg pitched rather well. So it went to extra innings, and in extra innings, the Biscuits made a couple more errors, including one more by the shortstop. And Tennessee ended up scoring four in the eighth, which was the extra innings. And um, Tennessee and Montgomery only scored one in their half of the eighth. So it was a hard-fought, well-earned 5-2 to two win by Tennessee. And that one I got to listen to pretty much in its entirety because I had nothing else. There, there were no other Cubs games going on. Um, the other thing some of you may like or dislike is the bottom feeders rankings. Um... The Tigers won. They remain 14 points in front of the Cubs. 4, 7, 8, 
Cubs 464, 14 points below the Cubs. So the Cubs are as close to um, the Nationals and Rockies at 450 as they are to the Tigers at 478. About a game and a half difference on both. So 478, Cubs 464 in 10th, 450, 450. Then below that, the Marlins are at 423. No, the Royals are at 431. The Twins and Marlins are joined at the hip. They're at 423 now. And the Pirates are in fourth at 369. So um, the Cubs are... The, the dive for five, they're getting they're getting closer to other teams now. For for a long time, it had been the Cubs were the eleventh place team of the teams that weren't really competitive. Uh, in a few weeks, there are probably going to be a couple more com- more. There are going to be a couple more less competitive teams. But because the Cubs have gotten such an early start on being non-competitive, they will have a huge edge on those teams as far as um, having a bad record, which, again, isn't what you're supposed to be cheering for. But uh, so it goes. Good night, especially from Canario and Ball, both going very deep, very deep. Um Canario's had a hit in every game since he's been with South Bend. Every game that he's played for South Bend, he's had a hit, and he's been extending it a bit. It's It had been singles, singles, but uh, he's had two doubles recently, and the home run that landed, you don't accidentally hit one there. You don't. It, it's. Uh, I can see why the comment was Canario hits pitches that are out in the zone and struggles on pitches that are in in the zone. And at the advanced A level, you can probably get away with that. And as teams scout more, as teams pay more attention, there will probably be more inside pitches. And he's had a lot of trouble um, adjusting to inside, inner third pitches, inner half pitches. He really does prefer pitches that are out in the zone. Um, Center and below, away from the plate. That's his joy zone. That's his uh, red hot zone, whatever you want to call it. Those are the plays that he prefers. And for him to become a legitimate major leaguer, he's going to have to be able to adjust to different pitches than that. But I hope teams continue to pitch him away and in the zone because that's where he can make maximum damage. Um, Bryce Ball continues to work counts. And if he does time it up, he can hit the ball quite a ways. So, very good efforts today, uh, Saturday, from Canario, Ball, Assad, 
the Tennessee hitting late. Myrtle Beach is hitting early. And do I want to? Uh, oh, Harrison Wenson um, did well, but that was mostly in the uh, earlier game. Um, it's it's getting better. It's getting better. It's not. Uh, I, I I talk quite often about how. For a player, development isn't linear. And I'm seeing that a lot with the pipeline now. As far as the entire group, it's not li linear. It's not everybody is everybody is it's not everybody is green arrow pointing up all at the same time. But in general, it's trending toward better. And uh so often, so often early in the season, Myrtle Beach would be totally outclassed by a pitcher they'd only manage two hits or four hits or whatever maybe only one run they're hitting the ball they're making good contact wogu is doing well um penango continues to show stuff for all things considered with his age um it's generally getting a lot better and today 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 I think it's this afternoon, about two or three in the afternoon in Montgomery. If it doesn't rain, then it will be another chance to see Caleb Killian pitch. He is scheduled for Tennessee if Caleb Killian is the starting pitcher. That game leaps to the top of the chart as far as what you want to listen to or watch, because Caleb Killian is the best pitcher that was acquired at the trade deadline. And if he keeps doing well, then that will eventually show up on the player rankings. Um, if he struggles in Tennessee, then he will continue to be a stealth candidate. And of course, if it rains in Tennessee, if it rains in Montgomery today, then Caleb Killian becomes Rain Man because he got rained on in his first outing, and if he gets rained on in his second outing, then he's Rain Man. Um, not really a whole lot else going on. The Cubs and White Sox play tonight, so everything else gets to sort itself out as far as the Drive uh, the the dive for five rankings. Um, I really don't have anything else. Thanks for stopping by. Be safe. Be nice to others, and have a wonderful Sunday.